Are you ready to live your best life, be stronger, and fall in love with yourself? It's possible, and it's inside you, but you need to unlock the power within. Welcome to Fearlessly Authentic with Jody Harrison Bauer. Jody used to be afraid to take risks. It took some stepping out of her comfort zone to get her there. Along with her guests and their stories, Jody will help you to live your best life ever. Now, here's your host, Jody Harrison Bauer. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fearlessly Authentic. I'm your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, and I'm so happy to have you here with us. As always, and if you are new to the show, this is the place to get educated, feel empowered, be a little bit entertained, and inspired to live your most fearlessly authentic life. Because in my opinion, if you are not living your most fearlessly authentic life, then what are we doing here? We need to be fearless. We need to stand in our truth and in our power and let the whole world see us for who we are and forget about the people who you know, don't really care about us or don't like what we're saying. You know, there's enough of us out there and we got to stand in our truth. Um, Otherwise it'll keep you up at night. Trust me. I used to do that. So I wanted to uh, just thank you for joining the show today and for giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. So please remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Fearlessly Authentic Um, And you can listen to the show on YouTube. And I also post some clips on social media at Jody Harrison Bauer. That's where I am everywhere. And thanks again for sharing with your friends. So on today's show, I'm very excited to share with you my wonderful guest, Mr. Ryan DeLuca. He is the founder of bodybuilding.com. He started it in 1999 in his garage in Boise, Idaho at the age of 20. Under his leadership, the company skyrocketed to nearly half a billion dollars in annual revenue before he stepped down as CEO in 2015. With almost zero startup capital and no outside investors, his team grew the company from nothing to become the world's most visited site and largest e-tailer of sports nutrition products. From the beginning, the company was focused on transforming the lives of its millions of customers and staying true to the core principles that they passionately believed in. I've been using this website forever. It is a user-friendly app website, and it is so educational. I just love it. Profitable from the start, bodybuilding.com was eventually purchased by Liberty Media. Ryan was named Entrepreneur of the Year by E&Y in 2009 for the Idaho-Utah region, and Inc. Magazine called him one of the top five coolest entrepreneurs under 30. He's very cool. With 800 team members spread throughout six states and four countries, Ryan was proudest of the fact that bodybuilding.com was consistently named one of the best places to work. Ryan was temporarily retired for only six months before the startup bug bit him again. Together with his co-founder, Preston Lewis, Black Box VR was born, merging their passions for technology and fitness and the way they can intersect to help people transform their lives. Black Box VR has six gym locations open where members can immerse themselves in a virtual reality game that delivers a complete strength training and cardio program. The company was named Best Startup in CES in 2019. It is This is an incredible workout. I can't wait for you to hear how Ryan started everything, his backstory, and talk about Black Box VR. 
personally, I'm truly excited to go and try one of them at one of his locations. And without any further ado, here is Mr. Ryan DeLuca. Thanks for being here, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. We have so much to talk about. And I want you to share with the audience how you started your business, because there are so many podcasts out there. One of my favorite ones is How I Built This. And I don't know if you've listened to it or not. Mine too. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I've been listening to it for years and years and years. And, you know, when I first started my podcast, I was trying to like act like Guy Raz and ask questions like that and so on. But I think it's so interesting for the audience to get to know your whole story and why you started something and how you got there. And so let's start from the beginning. All right. Sounds good. Uh, my, one of my favorite stories to tell. Okay, yeah. good. Good. Uh, I'm glad. So I guess going back uh, to the beginning, you know, in high school, I got really into fitness and working out and, you know, reading all the bodybuilding magazines like Muscle Fitness and Iron Man, and got super excited about the idea of, of, you know, working out and getting fit and really loved the idea of turning that into a business, doing something with it that was beyond just using it for my own personal hobby, but how could I become a personal trainer or help people to, to get fit? And that was Around high school, I graduated in 1996 here in beautiful Boise, Idaho, <laughs> and we, uh, you know, they got they kind of started getting into the internet at that time. So this is like early days, right, of cyberspace, and right, you know, I started hearing about like this crazy new technology and the information <laughs> superhighway, you know, and it was like, what can we do to to use this to like to learn more about fitness, help people learn more about fitness, and really dug into that and first started selling a product called Creatine. So creatine, you know, was very popular at that time. It had just come out. Very expensive Nobody knew what that was. So yeah. So I've been in the the we we talked about this before. I was I've been in the fitness space for 40 years. So, you know, hearing about things like creatine, that was really, really new. So you jumped on that or you started using it? Correct. Yeah. So you know, it just come out and nobody really knew much about it, but it was like this really promising new sports supplement, you know, for helping you to gain muscle and, and right. uh, you know, have more energy and strength. And now it's been shown actually to help you with your brain and p- potentially preventing Alzheimer's, like just a really safe, valuable supplement almost for anybody. But that was when it was brand new. And, you know, you'd go to like GNC and you could buy it for like, you know, $120 for like a month supply. So it was like very expensive. Right. And so I was like, hey, maybe I could use some of this internet knowledge uh, that I've been learning and like sell it online for much cheaper, you know, like maybe $50, you know, and buy it from a wholesaler. And, and so I started doing some marketing and nothing really took off, you know, just create some little web pages. Like it's all like hand creating, you know, web Wait, pages. Let me stop code. you for a second again. I'm sorry. So you... Sure. So you see this this product creatine. So you buy it, and then you were going to sell it online to make more of a profit. So did you buy it in bulk? And how old were you again? Like eighteen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like eighteen. <laughs> and what, um, what's driving you to do this was it just you wanted to help other people, or was it that you wanted to make money? What was the driving force behind this? I think it was a little bit of both. It was it was mostly like. I, I had been studying like the internet and like I was on these like message boards or it's actually even before message boards is like mailing lists, you know, bulletin boards where I could actually talk to people. And I was always that kind of skinny kid that was afraid to go talk to the, the big guy across the gym, you know, that I just wanted to like pick his brain, but I was too intimidated where the internet allowed me to talk to these people and have those kind of conversations. 
so I wanted to give back to that and kind of started by creating content and like and, and information that people could then find and, and could help them as well. And then it was like, okay, well, what's a product around that? And I fell in love with creatine because it was just this very valuable new thing. And that's really what got me started was I, I just wanted to create something from that with this new exciting technology of, of the internet. That's very, very forward um, thinking for back in 1996 to, you know, to really, because a lot of us were sort of intimidated by it, but I'm, I'm older. So maybe my fear started back. I don't know. It just, you know, when you get older, you start fearing more things, even though I'm not like that anymore, but sort of just go in it naively and just say, I'm going to try to do something like this. And to think that you're going to start talking to people online and that that's just, I mean, I'm sure your family was like, what, what are you doing? Or your friends were like, wow, like, what is that? You're going to get in trouble or were people like telling you, you shouldn't do this and what made it like you were so oh, yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I got really excited about just the the potential of the internet. I mean, it sounds funny, obviously, now because we all see what happened, but it was it's true. People are like, "What is this weird cyberspace thing? What's HTTP and at right. signs and email addresses?" And very intimidating, and obviously, it was very difficult back then. But just this possibility to be able to have conversations and to see information from anywhere around the world and to to post information. You know, it's all one way before with mostly in the fitness industry magazines, you know, it's almost always you didn't get to meet these people, talk to them. It was a one way conversation and the ability to turn that into two way conversation was was very mind blowing to me at that time. And, and I just yeah. saw immediately like this is the future. But you're right, like most of my friends and family um, didn't get it, didn't think it was going to be anything. You know, there'd be literally articles about like, should you start a an internet business and it'd be like, no, it's just a fad, you know, and I'd argue right, with people about right. it. Right, right. It's like, no, don't go. I remember when my daughter was applying to college it, and, you know, it was like, there was MySpace. I'm like, no, don't go on there. And then Facebook came out. I'm like, no, not that, you know, it's just, it's, it's so funny. So you, you decide to go on, on, online on the internet and sell creatine. What happens? So first, it's kind of funny, nothing really happened. I, you know, I could only accept like payments by mail because it was hard to have a credit card uh, merchant account, you know, right. or nowadays I could have it uh, set up by the end of this call, you know, it's exactly. like, it's so but back then much more difficult. So people had to mail me either, you know, check or money order uh, to my PO box. So I'd go check the PO box every day. And at first, like just literally nothing. I was like, okay, it's not working. And then I went on a little trip with my family for a week, came back. I was like, oh, go check it again. And there was a little note in there that said, there's so much mail for you. It's in a bag in the back, you know, at the post office. Wow. So something that kind of clicked where like maybe a search engine, like those early search engines finally picked it up. And, and that was when I was like, all right, I think I have something here and, and started filling the orders and, and seeing what I could do next. Wow. So from there, because you were selling a product that helped people, um, with muscle growth as right. Cause the creatine is, is good for a lot of things, but one of the things it's marketed as is to help with muscle growth, right? Exactly. So yeah, basically, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, probably your next question is after that, you know, it's started seeing that this was starting to take off and I realized that, man, I could take it to something even bigger than this. And that's when I saw that the name bodybuilding.com was owned by somebody, but they weren't using it. So I like emailed the guys like, Hey, you know, you're not using that. Would you sell it to me? And at first he was like, no, we're going to use it. But I kept bothering him because he still wasn't using it. About a year later, he was like, all right, how much? And went back and forth and said, all right, 
for $20,000, it's yours. And I remember like, you know, getting that email back and like, you know, I like ran around the house, like I had been called down on the prices, right? You know, just wow. like, all right, this is like this kind of start where I could create something much bigger than a single product. It could be content and community and and all sorts of products and just grow a much bigger thing and, and literally starting like right in my house in the garage. I love that as you're telling the story, I can sort of picture that feeling of, okay, it's almost like having a storefront, right? And saying, I'm going to build a business, a community. So I had a, I had a fitness studio. I just quote unquote retired, as I told you. And but mm-hmm. it was a physical, it was, it was a physical place, but you took that idea and said, I'm going to create that community online. Cause you already had the experience of that community online. Exactly. So you know it, was possible. it was And it was at the early days, you know, 1.0 internet, it was still mostly just web pages that were like one directional, you know, and there, there wasn't a lot of great content and it was very difficult. And that was the thing is like, I was basically building the the company that I wanted for myself, like thinking back to me being that skinny kid at the gym and, and being confused and intimidated. Mm-hmm. And also like, I wanted to know what are the best products. And it's funny now, like there's reviews all over the place, but there was no way to get reviews. You'd go talk to a salesperson. You didn't really get to know about these products. How can I bring truthful information to people and workout programs and diet programs? And what I realized early on is that, and it's still the case today is that people they need the workout programs and the diet information, but they don't, they really need that motivation on how to stick to it over the long term. So that's where like the connecting with other people was such a vital part of, of building that company. I'm blown away that you were able to do something like that. I, I told you, I'm a huge fan of bodybuilding.com from somebody who is a fitness competitor, owning a fitness studio, but being in that space for 40, now it's like 42 years. And when I discovered bodybuilding.com, I'm like, oh my God, like this is an amazing place. It wasn't as a woman, it wasn't intimidating because you you did have women on there that, you know, were younger than me, but everybody was younger than me. And but it wasn't intimidating. You didn't put just bodybuilders up there. You put like regular people up there and you made it very uh very easy to communicate. And- yeah, very approachable. And I, I'm yeah. thinking that you did it that way because you were intimidated by the big guys at the gym because you were that skinny guy. And, you know, they always say you create things from your pain points. And so other people don't need to quote unquote, suffer the way we have. And I just love that it really came from your heart. And I can tell that by you know, looking at it, I wasn't, again, I wasn't intimidated by it. So I love the site. I think it's amazing. Well, it's funny is I appreciate you saying that because it's exactly right. Is, um, you know, we wanted to have the aspirational physiques and, you know, of course people looked up to the bodybuilders and fitness models, but we also wanted to show more of the regular person that, you know, transformed and, and not just, Hey, here's a, an advertisement of somebody got up before and after, but like, let's give every detail. Okay. So you did this amazing transformation. You're, yes. you're a regular person other people like you, how can they do it? Let's give every bit of information. Let's connect them to the right people. And creating that approachable kind of feeling made it so that people felt like that's something they could do because there's still people that think they can't do it. You know, they're talking to you. It's like, oh, you know, some reason you're special. You can do it. I can't. 
the belief of being able to know that you can do it is really the start of any amazing transformation. And what's even more beautiful about it is that it's in the privacy of your own home. You can look at it on your computer. You can look at it on your phone when you're at the gym. I mean, I still go to it to look up some other versions of a, you know, a row or something like that. And it's just, it's like the library of workouts to me and education. And I know that's what was really important to you. It's just such an educational website. It's very, very user-friendly. So when, what year was it that you started building upon just having the product and getting bodybuilding.com? Where did you take it from there? Uh, so bought the domain 1998 and then launched the website April 13th, 1999. And, you know, of course it was the dream of like, all right, we're going to get so many orders the first day, you know, like you kind of see on commercials and it was definitely a slow start. Uh, you know, we kind of knew what we were doing, but it was definitely like, you know, a couple orders here and there. And, and really it's like what people always talk about. It's like you, you know, you work 10 years to be an overnight success. And it was like a, a just a long, like just really pushing hard to continuously improve, to learn and, and over 17 years as CEO of Automate.com, we grew it to almost half a billion in annual revenue. Uh, we were the largest, most visited fitness website in the world and, uh, you know, the largest fitness community. And it really just everything that we cared about so much, you know, from the mission that we started with, started to really become true over those few years and, and grew to something really massive with, with such a great team of people. That uh, Congratulations on all your success. It's really an incredible story. Mm-hmm. So for... For everybody listening, if somebody is starting to work out, they're in high school, they're in their 40s or 50s, when they come to the site, is it easy to navigate? Can they, how, what's the best way to use it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of things have changed um, over the last few years when it comes mm-hmm. to just like how the internet works. There's so much content and like, you know, your your content and Instagram content and social media and YouTube, you know, right. there's so many different types of workouts. I think the actual most important thing is so many people spend so much time researching exactly what to do. Like I need to know the exact perfect workout program, perfect diet. And, and they spend all this time upfront when really most people just need to be able to adhere to something simple over a long term. And that's a message a lot of people don't want to hear is that they think there's some kind of secret that like, if they just have this perfect thing, they're going to be able to do that. And it's just going to be magic, but it really comes down to what's something you can follow and how is something, what, how can you set up your environment and the people around you to make it so that you stick to it? Because the secret to fitness success, as you know, is just doing it consistently over the long term, which is the hardest thing, you know, I would always talk to fitness models and bodybuilders, pro bodybuilders, and, you know, on online, they love working out, it's their favorite thing. But when you talk to them in real life, they don't want to do another set of squats and rows, (laughs) you know, it's the same boring thing over and over. And a lot of times, even they're off their plan, you know, like, once again, when you talk to these fitness models, oh, they're perfect every day, and you see them in the morning, waking up and making all their meals. But then sometimes you catch them at different times. And it's like, I haven't worked out in three weeks and I haven't, you know, I'm really just off the plan. And so my biggest piece of advice would be figure out how to set up your environment and the people around you to make it so that you, it's something sustainable. I love that. So how has everything changed in your life? Like, so you were that skinny guy in the gym who is intimidated mm-hmm. to talk to the big guy. So what's your workout regimen? Like what's your lifestyle like? 
Uh, well, it's very different than you might imagine because um, after I sold Bodybuilding.com, I started a new company called Black Box VR, um, basically using all that information we learned from millions of end users at Bodybuilding.com and understanding that adherence is the, the secret. We always said at Bodybuilding.com, like our biggest competitor, like when it came to like selling pre-workouts and creatine and protein was not GNC or Amazon. It was the couch. <laughs> you know, we lost wow. most of our customers and the fitness industry in general you lose to the couch and it's a very interesting problem in the industry. And so what I'd said is there's gotta be this new way where we could use like video game psychology and virtual reality where like, let's turn working out instead of being this boring thing that's repetitive and time consuming and painful into a sport and a sport that you can do inside a video game, which is basically what we created at black box VR. So you, most people probably think, Hey, your, my answer was going to be, oh, I do, you know, squats on this day and chest press on this day and run on this day. But instead, now I'm working out inside a virtual reality fitness game using resistance training, like at our own gyms. And it's, and it's such a, such a more fun, exciting way to do it. I can't even imagine this. I like, can you walk me through specifically how it works and how sure. does somebody, so somebody could go online and all right. First, explain to me how it works. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there are ways that you can go and buy an Oculus Quest, you know, a MetaQuest headset. That's like the popular one. And you could there's there are now games where you can play and do cardio at home, like Beat Saber or Fit XR, Supernatural, and many others. And uh, Mark Zuckerberg, every time he's talking about VR, he's talking about exercising VR. It's one of these major use cases that they're seeing. So that's definitely possible, and it's and I definitely recommend it. We did a little bit different at Black Box VR. It's actually like a like an F45 or Orange Theory style like fitness location. And you go there and you have an account, you put on the headset in your own private booth. We created our own resistance exercise machine. So it's kind of like a tonal with like, you know, electronic, electromagnetic resistance, but you're inside VR. And instead of doing just chest presses, you're doing chest presses that turn into like weapons and attacks in the game. So you're playing this fun and exciting game doing squats, deadlifts, overhead press, standing row, all these different things with like really heavy resistance with automatically using AI to progress you. But you don't have to think about any of that stuff. You're just playing this fun game. And so 30 minutes later, you know, you're done. You've had the best workout. You're focused. You weren't even thinking about working out. You know, the time goes by fast. You're not feeling the pain and, and it makes it much more enjoyable. So you want to actually come back the next time. I want to do this so badly. like. Where so where are the locations to do this? Right now we're in uh, San Francisco, Boise, Idaho, where where I'm at. Um, three locations in the Phoenix area and one in Oceanside, California, with the goal of obviously expanding through a franchise model to Connecticut because we need to get one next to you. <laughs> it sounds amazing, and I know so many. I can think of so many people I know right now, my daughters included, where they would dread maybe going to work out and it's the same, like you were saying, it's the same old thing. And even people who do this for a living, it's the same old thing and you get tired and you, you need variety to keep you interested so you can stay consistent in your workouts. So is it, can it be very specific as to what a person's goals are? Um, to a point it's, it's mainly like the, the, basics of like compound strength training compound exercises together with like cardio and like hit style cardio so which we the big idea that we have is 
you know, 98% of people say they want to work out, 87% of people don't work out, you know, consistently. And once again, there's this perfect program that people might want to try to find. But if the average person just did squats, deadlifts, bench press, you know, the basic compound full body exercises, absolutely, and they, and some basic cardio, and they just did that every other day or three times per week. And they just did that every week for, you know, a year, they're going to be in better shape than almost everybody, you know, the out there. And so that's really what the program is built around. It's like, let's give people the basics, but also the basics around progressive overload. Don't just do the same resistance all the time. Like, Hey, you, you want to be continually slowly moving up and getting and using more resistance, pushing yourself harder than you did before in previous workouts. So that's really what it's built around the, the exercise program. And we actually have done some studies at UCLA in their um, fit lab showing that people that worked out inside black box actually got better results when it comes to building muscle, losing fat, you know, VO2 max increase, um, heart, you know, lowering their heart, resting heart rate, pretty much everything then compared to traditional exercise and even just in a 30 minute uh, session. And what it really comes down to is not really that it's not some magical thing. It's just they're doing the right kind of exercises and they're in a competitive fun game where they're actually pushing themselves and they're focused because as you know, the average person at the gym, and it'd be me many times, only so often I could like push myself. It's usually you're going through the motions and oh, you see totally. people at the gym that just look the same forever. <laughs> oh, you know what? I remember seeing that back in like the 1990s, going to the gym. This was before I started competing and seeing people I'd be on the treadmill and they would look the same. And I would say, why does that person look the same all the time? because they're not coming in, they're not changing up their workout, they're not eating right, they haven't changed the way they eat at all. And I just want to grab them and say, why don't you just go to McDonald's right now and eat a burger and fries and soda? Because what you're doing here is honestly a waste of your time, because you're not doing any of the things that you should. Um, I Exactly. How did how did you come up with this idea? Because again, this is very groundbreaking. This is very forward thinking. So you are, have you always been like that? A very forward thinker, thinking outside the box? Because these are very, yeah, these are very outside the box ideas. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I'm a big reader. Uh, that's another thing that's, that's uh, important to me is um, constantly reading, you know, 80 books a year and just like, you know, really focused on just learning as much as I possibly can. And it's not that hard to come up with these new things when you read these type of books and say, okay, where are things going? And that's kind of what it was like with with the internet, of course, in the beginning. Same with VR is, wow, there's this new technology. It's finally ready to be kind of consumer ready. Mm -hmm. And I can be anywhere in the world and my brain doesn't know that I'm not actually there. Like, you know, we didn't evolve to like think what I'm seeing and, and hearing and moving around and is not real. So your brain treats it like it's real which brings a lot of really cool things to the world that haven't been there that aren't available, like on a 2d screen, for example. And so it was almost like, oh man, this is going to be, you know, this amazing new thing. And it's like, how do I now use that knowledge of fitness to say, what's the value here? Not just put the heads right. on and there's like exactly. a, a trainer yeah. or something, you know, it's really like the video game side of things. Like, you know, video games are the largest media uh type by far and growing and basically everybody's a gamer like you know you think about gamers you think like the hardcore person playing these crazy games but on our phones we're all playing you know clash royale and candy crush and you know and it's it's I'm probably it's really the, the only person who doesn't play a game on my phone and and i think maybe <laughs> I mean, 
Maybe it's just a generational thing. And I don't mean to be like talking about my age all the time, but I think maybe a little bit it is, but I do see people doing crossword puzzles and so on and that candy crusher thing. And, but yeah, it's a fun mm-hmm. way to pass the time. You're using your brain, you know, until you're doing it yeah. too often and then you're not too much. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. talking to real people and just on your phone all the time. Um, but that's exactly. what gave you the idea of, of doing this. Well, it, was, it kind of came down to the new technology and how could it enable something with fitness. And the other part is you start to read about a video game addiction, kind of like you mentioned, like you're in this game, you're not talking to anybody else, you're playing it too long. And it's like, well, wait a minute, why are people getting addicted mm. to basically a, almost like a drug to pixels and sounds like this? You know, you understand why you get addicted to drugs and other things, because it's a substance. People are sacrificing the rest of their life. Like one of the top reasons people get divorced, you know, there was like, I think it was like a study in the UK a few years ago, like the word Fortnite was mentioned like hundreds of times in divorce <laughs> proceedings, you know, and You're it's like, kidding me. why? Yeah. Oh, That's yeah. crazy. <laughs> I mean, That's people crazy. sacrifice their, their, their family, they sacrifice their, uh, their job, you know, the time they get spending learning anything, right? Their health. To play these games and so it didn't take much for me to realize like there's something very powerful about these games and what if you could harness that and use it for something good versus just for entertainment and and, and sacrificing other things and then you start to research games and you realize that they're really like the video game psychology video game developers like the world's best behavioral psychologists like they've figured out how to get you to like itch to come back to, to play these games so basically that was the idea is how do we use those same game principles together with going in VR, which puts you inside the video game instead of on a, a controller or a keyboard, and then gamify that in a way that makes you want to push hard and come back and keep doing it. So when you go into the room to work out, so you have that space, right? And you put the the headset on, does it get, because I'm somebody who's never played a video game before, um, does it feel, is it light and is it, does it take a few minutes to get adjusted to it? Um, it's surprising. You, it, it's light. You you forget that it's on. Um, mm. What's fun about VR, once again, is when you're playing a new, like say video game, it's like, you got to learn all these different menus and, and right. commands and what buttons to press. Well, what's cool about VR is it's, I mean, we could be in VR right now and it would be, you know, if it was this realistic, which eventually we'll get. And it's like, Hey, I want to like, you touch this water bottle, okay? You touch it and pick it up. I want to grab this thing. I want to punch this thing or slice or or pick up these handles and do a chest press. Like, you'd be surprised like how much less learning there is because it's basically just a fantasy world, but you use your body the same way. Oh, I want to do world. this. I want to do it. I, I have to come out and do it. Maybe I'll come out to Idaho because I've never been to Idaho in my life. So maybe it would be good. <laughs> Always welcome. <laughs> so I'm curious, you mentioned that you read 18 books a year. Uh, like 80. 80. I'm sorry. Yeah, I knew there was an eight in there. Basically nonstop reading. <laughs> yeah. I love to read too. And I actually have a pile of books behind me on the floor of, of the books that I'm going to read. And there are a variety. Some, I can't read a book that's educating me at nighttime because my brain will go crazy and I need something that's just dumb and easy to read and I'll fall asleep. But mm-hmm. what are you reading right now? And what is the most influential book you did read? in the past couple of years? Uh, great, great questions. Um, you know, really with reading, because people ask me that quite a bit, it's, it's, I do a whole bunch of like a few pages at a time, because it's mm-hmm. true, like, we all have short term attention spans, you know, these days. 
And it's like, how do I just get a few pages here, a few pages there, and just continually to do that as much as possible? It's surprising how fast you can actually get through books that way. Same with audiobooks. Obviously, if people have trouble, you know, really sitting down and focusing, you know, if you're just driving in the car, it's like rather than listening to Britney Spears, which I like. Totally. But, you know, no, I, I get it. I, I love <laughs> audiobooks. Audio. I'm right there with you. Yeah. So yeah. what's the last book and, that you read? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. So last book I read, uh, I got you know, some of them right here, actually, but like this is one of my favorites on category design. Um, it's basically like how to create a brand new category uh, in the, the world. And, you know, c- compared to like creating something that's the same as something else, like there's different marketing techniques. And and I can send you a list of these and you can put them out there. But, Thank you know, you. really like reading like how other businesses did it, kind of like the uh, Guy Raz stuff. But like this is about how CrossFit started learning to breathe fire. This was a, a recent one wow. because, you know, it's kind of funny. You mentioned like, you know, being an innovator, a lot of innovation is like there's these pieces that you need to innovate on, but then there's a whole bunch of stuff to like just copy, you know, like this is successful. Somebody did it this way. Don't need to reinvent that. Cause that's the way to do it. And you kind of put those things together. Like there's like piece of innovation together with like best practices. And that's what I get from so many of those types of books um, that, that, that really just show that, but I'd say the, uh, the books I always recommend to people is, are the kind of the basics, you know, the, how to win friends and influence people. That's one I try to re- read like every year. And, you know, it sounds like really basic, but just there's this core part of everything you're doing in life. If you understand how you think and how other people think, and we need reminders of it, you know, because we get stuck in our own head and, and we kind of forget those things. But those types of books can be very useful for, for any part of life. And that book was written a long time ago. I've read it twice. I have actually two very old copies over there and I've given it to my daughters and it is just a book I that can help everybody no matter what they are doing in their life. Exactly. It's family, business, really anything because I mean the main message as you know is like it's put yourself in the other person's mind and, and understand what they care about. And, you know, criticizing people is not going to work and like giving them something to live up to, you know, like a, a reputation to live up to the whole idea of like, you know, a person's name is like the, the, the sweetest sound in any language. And, and we all know it about ourselves, but like we forget because we're so focused on ourselves and our minds, our own little world. A lot of times but like, it's easy not to remember that other people are thinking those same ways. And, and, so just those reminders uh, can be very valuable. And thank you for reminding me that because I'm going to pull it out. <laughs> I hide. So when I read books like that, I have a highlighter. I have a highlighter right here. And I highlight it because every time I highlight something, like I was that girl in high school and college that wrote down every single thing the professor mm-hmm. said, because every time I wrote it down, I remembered it. So when I highlight I remember things and then I could just go through the book and, and pick and choose things that I want to, you know, study possibly so I can learn more. And I think you're so right when you say that we do get stuck. Sometimes we get stuck doing things that we know aren't really working for us. And we want to try to get unstuck and create something. You are obviously a creator and innovator and you learn from other people. Oh, that's the way to do it. I'm not going to invent the wheel, but I'm going to add this on and this on to make it even better and to help more people. So my question for you is what happens and do you ever get stuck? Uh, I mean, I'm stuck all the time. <laughs> you know, I think that's the, 
the sometimes people think like when people are creating things it's like easy to see just the the good side of everything but it's like all the time it's like i'll forget something that we should be working on or i'll get distracted in certain ways and i i really feel like that's why i'm so obsessed with reading books and listening to audiobooks is because you it's you know you're not going to memorize a book a lot of people are like oh i read that book i forgot most of what it says and highlighting it going back is such a smart idea but most books kind of have the same ideas over and over. And even though it might be something you've heard before, it's like just that reminder you might need at that right time. And that's really the best way for me to get unstuck is to just stay, you know, try to pick the books that are something I'm working on right now. Because adults, the way we learn is mostly still by doing. If I read a whole book on, you know, how to do, you know, how to be a gardener and didn't apply it, I'd forget it all in a week and and that'd be it. But if I if was using the book while I'm building a garden, that's the way you're going to be able to be the most productive. And so I'll try to find books like, okay, I'm feeling stuck in these certain areas. I need these kind of reminders, inspiration, and, uh, you know, listening to podcasts like yours, like that can be so valuable to get yourself out of those, those stuck mindsets. Yeah, I think people don't realize that successful people like yourself do get stuck. And maybe even was there ever any fear when you started bodybuilding.com and now your new company? Was there any fear that there would be failure? I'm sure you had some momentum, so you felt more secure, but I'd, I'd love to hear how you felt at those moments. Well, it's funny, like 17 years of fast growth of bodybuilding.com and obviously ended a you know, success and mm-hmm. uh, you know, dream come true. Um, it's such a great team, but it's, uh, I don't think there was ever a moment I didn't have fear, you know, because looking back, it's easy. Oh yeah, everything all worked out. I think I was constantly afraid of whether, you know, something's going to go wrong in some dramatic way, or just, we're not going to be able to continue to, to, to do what we need to do to continue to win. Cause you know, you can be growing fast and then, you know, you never know when that plateau is, you know, and then you start going down because most companies or, or athletes or whatever have that. And so you always, when you're kind of at a little level, you think, oh, maybe that's it. And so I don't think you ever get past that. But that that really is what, to me, like some people that holds them back and, and makes them shut down. To me, it was like a motivator. Like I hated that feeling so much that I'm going to do everything I can to work my way out of it, learn my way out of it, and just just keep that thing going, you know, uh, to, to fight that fear. Yeah, it's um, it's the fear becomes, I used to be so fearful of, doing things and people judging me for it or you know just trying to please everybody that really is something that I struggled with until I started making changes in my life like 20 years ago and it it's there's always some fear but if we don't embrace it own it say okay I am very aware that I am fearful of this situation most of us don't say all that but I'm a, I'm afraid. I don't know if this is going to fail to be successful or not, but I'm going to embrace the fear and I'm going to forge forward anyway because I believe in this and I think that's where the the gut instincts go um and then and then you know you start fighting yourself with a little imposter syndrome. I hate throwing around these buzzwords, but it's true. We didn't call it imposter syndrome. We're like, well, what if somebody finds out that this is really going to suck? You know, when you know it didn't suck, but it's like, wait, Am I am I this successful, or is this just a joke? Did you ever feel those feelings? Oh yeah, I think everybody feels those feelings. And I mean, not to go back to the book reading again, but like the more books I read of people I look up to, and the more often those books talk about those things that like the fear, the imposter syndrome, just 
the struggle, you know, because from the outside, it's so easy to see. You know, even though you were talking earlier about the fitness models and bodybuilders, man, I wish I woke up and loved working out and eating chicken breasts all day. Like, well, they don't, you know, you have no idea how many times I've been sitting at a lunch with a popular fitness person and they go, oh, we should do a quick Instagram story, clear away the alcohol and the French fries. Okay, I got my, all right. So <laughs> I'm eating super healthy, you know, and it's like, right. that kind of ruins all the rest of us because we see like, man, I wish I could be perfect like these people. And it really is just, um, understanding that like everybody struggles with the same thing and also nobody really cares that much about what you're doing to the point where like you have to worry about it except for your friends and family you know it's like I we all think like we're being yeah. watched I love that you made that point because my youngest daughter actually says it to me a lot mom nobody cares mom nobody cares and you know she's a little harsh sometimes because you know how children mm-hmm. can be with their parents nobody cares yep. but mm-hmm. you know when you think that everybody's watching you they're not they're just, they're just not. And I think it's also really important that people who are looked up for being fit and healthy and so on, who do eat burgers and fries or ice cream every once in a while, you know, talk about that, that, that vulnerability, that honesty is so important because so many people do look at certain people and say, I could never do that. I get it myself. You know, people look at me and they're like, wow, you're 62 and you look like that. I'm like, look, I'm not perfect, but you know, I worked really hard to be fit and healthy. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is, you know, obviously nobody's perfect and thinking that other people are perfect will make it so it's so easy to, to not try. But when you realize that, like, look, this person, um, yourself, you have to try really hard every day and you have to continue to try and push it. It's not just doesn't just come natural and you fail at certain things at certain times. and It's not always perfect. Everybody is like that. And I think that that is a, a good feeling sometimes because you realize, like, oh, I don't have to be perfect. I, I, I shouldn't have ate that thing last night, which, I, you know, most of us wake up many days and think that, you know, but it's like today's a new day. And 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 uh, I think you know, at the same time, it's like not accepting that, you know, for yourself, like understanding that I have a higher goal and I have a higher reason for those goals. Like kind of going back to the, why am I trying to do this? Like, I want to be an inspirational inspiration for my kids. I want to create something for the world. That's going to make a difference. And to do that, I have to be the fittest I can be. I have to eat right. You know, I can't drink as, you know, all the time, obviously, because my brain's not going to be there. So having like a bigger purpose, really can help drive you to be the best you can be for yourself without thinking that you have to be perfect. Very well said, Ryan. I love that you, you walk the walk and you talk the talk and I can feel your heart in this whole thing. I really can. So what is the next thing that you are creating? What's, what's next for Ryan? Uh, well, um, Really, it's a focus on black box VR. And, you know, we've just barely got started. Uh, once again, like we, we talk a lot about Ryan, you know, but like with, I've been so blessed of having such amazing team members around me at bottom.com and at black box VR, my co-founder Preston Lewis and I doing this together, our, our entire team there. It's just been, it, it really is just these amazing people all coming together. What's great is that coming together for that mission of like, you know, right. 87% of people don't stick to a fitness program. The value, as we all know, to fitness for your life is dramatic and not just how you look at the beach, but how you are with your life and your family and your health and your, your longevity. 
And so we're really focused on how do we get this out to more people? And so that is the main goal of Black Box is continue to, to learn, make everything better about the experience and to grow it into a franchise business that then can make it so that we can scale and it can be available everywhere that where people will need it. How young can somebody do this? That's a really bad question. But right. what's the youngest <laughs> yeah. age for this? Uh, probably around 13 or 14. You know, we recommend closer to 15, 16, but it does scale down pretty low, which is good. And, you know, it could be pretty much any any age, any level uh, of, of beginner up to advanced. Like we put some, you know, huge bodybuilders in there and they definitely came out um, really tired, you know, and wow. like they killed them. Yeah, it's pretty funny to watch it because usually like, oh, this video game thing, no problem. And then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, this is actually like CrossFit <laughs> in a video game and they get really competitive. But it can go down to beginner level and you know it's like 13 14 years old which is which is awesome too how old are your children uh so my oldest is 19 he actually works with me now as a qa engineer and software which is awesome <laughs> uh then my daughter is 16 and then my other son is 13 and i have a 16 month old which if this microphone is good you might wow. be able to hear her out there <laughs> so wow. a little 16 month old girl that uh that's just uh, the, the light of my world wow wow so do your children all use this they do yep yeah they, they're obsessed with it and i'm sure else. wow all right so where can um somebody i know you mentioned the locations but is can you um share the website for it so people can go and visit um, sure. Yeah. So it's just blackbox-vr.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's just at VR. Um, and then I could, you know, I'd be happy to answer any questions or point you in the right direction. But we have so many great, great pieces of content on the website and videos and those UCLA studies and a lot of testimonials. And it's really the best way to, to the best way, of course, is to actually do it because <laughs> that's VR. It's hard to explain unless you're in yeah. there. But there's some good videos and, and information on there. And we're looking for potential franchisees uh, that would like to help us to launch into more cities. Uh, so we're looking forward to people reaching out for that as well. Well, congratulations on everything. And before we we close, I want to just ask you one last question. What does it mean for you to live a fearlessly authentic life? That's a great question. <laughs> I think for me, it's knowing that I'm doing everything I can to be the best for myself, for my family, uh, for society. You know, I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but it's like leaving things in a better way than I found them. And if there's anything that I can do that can use my true talents and my abilities that, you know, some God given, but mostly given to me from the people around me that have taught me, uh, allow me to pass that to other people in a real and authentic way. Um, that, that to me is, would be the dream. Love that answer. Thank you so much, Ryan DeLuca. I'm so glad we were able to get together. I learned so much from you. And, you know, as I said at the beginning of the show, this is this is the show where we educate, empower, entertain a little bit and inspire everybody to live a fearlessly authentic life. And you are truly that person who is completely fearlessly authentic. So thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Really appreciate it. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in this week to Fearlessly Authentic. 
please listen again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with your host, Jody Harrison Bauer, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and unlock the keys to a more powerful you. 